Welcome to the UFC Commentaries. I'm Chris Horwoodell, joined, as always, by Greg Crow. And today we'll be looking at UFC 9, Motor City Madness. Gregory, this is a little bit of a change from what we've been seeing before. Yeah, it's it's the first UFC that doesn't use a tournament uh, at all. It's, it's really just fights headlined by a super fight. And it's sort of that first departure. Don't worry, though. The tournaments do come back. Uh, it just... Just one pay-per-view later, they're back uh, by popular demand, from what it appears. Um, also, this was uh, this was one of those uh, those cards, and sort of the the beginning of the sort of public outcry uh, on the UFC. Uh, well, it, it's sort of right around the time where uh, Senator John McCain uh, yeah. really started to speak out about these fights. Uh, and about the UFC and sort of uh, referring to it as human cockfighting. Sure. Um, and it, it leads to some bad some bad roads uh, in the very near future for the UFC. And that, that you know, original ownership, or, or I guess technically, I think it's still the original ownership, just without some of the original partners. But uh, this is this is sort of the beginning of some of that controversy. But let me ask you, does, does all of the McCain stuff inadvertently sort of, shed more light on the UFC and actually help it grow quicker than it would have organically. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because it's bringing it into the, into popularity. I mean, they definitely did numbers pay-per-view wise because of their advertising and mm -hmm. how sort of, uh, uh, hyperbole or how much hyperbole they use with a lot of their advertising. Like if you ever watch any of the documentaries about the beginnings of the UFC, mm -hmm. uh, you know, their, they, their advertising was, you know, like no holds barred, you know, biting, kicking, that kind of stuff, <laughs> even though biting wasn't allowed. Wow. Um, but but that's the kind of stuff that they used in those. So, you know, you got some fans from that stuff and sort of over the top. But for sure, having it, you know, talked about on the on the you know federal government stage definitely brought eyes to it. All right. Well, this is going to be a little bit long. So let's kick off bite number one, which is Don Fry versus Amori. I'm going Batete. I but that's that works because it's close to machete and uh, and that's how my brain works. So let's kick off Fry Batete UFC nine. Let me know when you're ready, Gregory. I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, so we have a couple of longer fights today, including including this first Don Fry battle. Don Fry and his mustache, the winners of uh, UFC eight and. And you mentioned that this is sort of the beginnings of like a very very strong fighter in UFC. Yeah, I mean that that UFC eight was sort of that coming out party, and uh, Don Fry doesn't really slow down. You know, at the age of as we're looking at the tail of the tape here, they're only thirty years old. He has some long road ahead of him. Can I tell you what I like here is that for the second week in a row, we're seeing names spelled differently. On both the advertising and the promo card, and that would be Batete in this case. Spelled no E at the end on there. And one T, spelled considerably differently than uh, <laughs> than was the case. Uh, who knows not who's correct? I appreciate that they're all coming out holding hands because they do not want their fighter to get lost. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure he doesn't try to turn and run. Oh wow, there's they're going they're going hard there's here. A lot of guys with him. All keeping pace. A lot pace. of guys. You know, uh, safety in numbers, and uh, I guess you kind of need that when you're about to face off against Don Fry. And his mustache. I do like how you referred to the mustache as a co-champion. That's Oh, for sure. That's an for excellent sure. move. 
All right, so I guess we're going to learn some facts. Well, I don't think they're calling them. They're not calling them facts this week. Amari Batete, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a seasoned fighter, master of submissions, a strong leg kicks, and a strong puncher. Be funny if he was a weak puncher. Probably yeah. not. Probably not cut out to be a UFC fighter with a great leg kicks. Mediocre puncher. This guy looks like he's auditioning for the real uh, real world road rules challenge. Yeah, yeah, he definitely he has that look, and, and he's super super. You know, at twenty seven, pretty young. Um, wow, we're starting to see more and more sponsorships on the uh, shorts as we go along, and it's not random auto shops in. Uh, the Netherlands, so that's good. <laughs> that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm currently wearing sponsored shorts right now. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I I don't have a funny joke, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Should have thought okay. about that one for just a second before saying it. That's fine. All right, so Don Fry walking into the ring. Just just an intimidating man. Uh, that one guy, his hair in his entourage is. Unbelievably flowing. Do they have sort of an um? Oh God, what's that thing called? The 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 symbol on the back, the the seat, the clandestine group that may or may not exist. Uh, oh, you mean like a skull and crossbones yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, but something very very specific. Uh, Don Fry is a wrestler, former pro boxer, competitive wrestler. That's good. Very aggressive <laughs> and will strike on the ground. That has not changed since last week. I'm thinking about the Illuminati. I feel, uh, like, okay. I, I feel like they have very like Illuminati esque symbols. And Don Fry wearing a very 1996 necklace right now in this promo. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, <laughs> why would you wear that? I don't know. Why do sometimes they just cut these these uh, promos like in the forest in where in Scotland or wherever the hell they are that week? Oh, the, when they did all the promos in Wyoming. Yeah, there you go. Scotland, Wyoming, same place. <laughs> I wish they'd give me a name on this announcer because it's uh, the same guy from last week. Well, they seem to have like a two-week-and-you're-out deal for the announcers. That is pretty much how it's gone. I mean, we went from Joe Buck's random cousin to some other guy to Michael Buffer now to this guy. So four different announcers in nine events. One of them was Goins, Rich Goins. Yeah, that was that was Joe Buck's cousin. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. We have, Uncle, we, look, we, have, we have Uncle Phil to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince, who is uh, has passed away, I believe. Avid UFC fan back in the day. Oh, huge! But this is in like the, this is the high point of the Fresh Prince, so that's why he can get these like front row seats. Qu- yeah, he's, he's cage side. That is, those are I can only imagine a very expensive ticket, even in 1996. Gotta be. Detroit was booming back then. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the, uh, they still had the auto industry, which was nice, and the suicide rate, I imagine, much lower. But we should talk about less depressing things on the show. Probably. Like Don Fry's mustache. And, like, super sweet chest hair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you couldn't look more manly than Don Fry, to I mean, be I guess. He kind of looks like he's wearing a diaper, to be honest with you. Well, his shorts are, they're, like, too big. It's weird. They're diapery. Let's call them what they are. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Fry does have exactly the right amount of mustache to facial hair to stubble. It's it's just a good look. Like he is ready to go. He put thought oh into for this. sure, for sure. He absolutely did. And we're like forty five minutes into this, and they're just now kicking it off. Big John, yeah, wearing we're get- some wearing some gloves. Don Fry just grabs uh, Bateddy 
and now has him against the ring. But Teddy, uh, you know, has now has turned the tables on Fry. Fry punching him in the back of the head, some elbows to the back of the head. There's ring girl, st- ring girl, still walking around right at the beginning of that fight. She was still like. It's not a quarter of the ring to walk around, which was uh, interesting. Don't know that I saw the ring girl, but fair enough. She was in the background. Fry grabbing the cage, really getting some leverage. Okay, fun question. Is this a, this has to be a recycled cage, or are we just not seeing previous fights? Because there is a lot of blood on the on the ring already. My guess is just based on the the ordering, there could have been some sort of like preliminary bout or an alternate bout. I want to see that. Um, yeah, I think I feel like we might, or or it's just really out of order, or it's a recycled cage. It very well could be, and they just put new graphics down in the middle. Like they weren't super. You know, I guess they weren't super concerned about AIDS in 1996. But well, no, I mean if you if you clean that correctly, because they clean it in between every fight whenever there's blood, even now modern day, you know. I guess, but it still seems like it's an unnecessary gamble. But regardless, no, you mash it. You, you mash it with a little ammonia and bleach. You're good. Oh, well, don't mix the two. That's no, a you should because you you want to create a chemical gas. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah, that's fun. A lot of grappling here. Fry doing a good job to not get taken down, and there's no way this dude wants to strike with with Fry. No, and you're starting to see some of that like boxer come out of Don Fry right now. He landed yeah. landed a couple of solid jabs to the jaw of Batetti. I want to see this fight where all the blood came out, though. These are the interesting ones. Uh, I believe me, I think they're coming. Oh, uh, oh, well, good, good, good. But um, I'll tell you what. Just watching that Fry strike Batetti with those elbows to the lower back. I mean, it just makes my back hurt worse than it did when I woke up this morning. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely not not good. I do like Fry wearing the wrestling shoes. I, I do love, uh, and as we get further and further into these these UFC, uh, you know, matchups, you see more guys wearing the wrestling shoes and mm-hmm. not being able to kick, except for occasionally. You see once in a while somebody forgets, and you'll see some kicks uh, that land with the shoes. Wait, are you not allowed to? So we, I think we talked about this, but you're not allowed to kick when you're wearing shoes. Yeah, if you're if you're wearing shoes, you weren't allowed to kick. Uh, you especially to the head, but okay. usually usually at all. Oh. But Teddy is really surviving. That's a oh my god. Oh uh, yeah, it was really, knees from Fry. Credit to Fry landed a couple of serious punches. But Teddy is uh, bloodied at this point. Took and then. Just nailed Batetti with a couple of uh, knees to the face, and he did not, did not go to the ground until just now. Good for you. Didn't good for this. You guy. wanted blood. Yeah, good for this guy. I mean, I want the kind of blood that leaves the the kind of stains that we're seeing around the ring. The, the I think we're gonna get them soon. Uh, yeah, good for Batetti, and there is quite a bit to go in this fight. So, this is uh, how you know. This is an interesting question, and I, I don't know the answer to it. As I'm, you know, the novice that I am, just nine UFCs in, what is the rule for stopping a fight because uh, a person's bleeding? Like, how per- does it? Is it like a decision thing? Is there like if it's bleeding that badly, they have to stop it? What's the deal? There's there's doctors that'll check that. Usually, most of the time, it's in between rounds, depending on how severe the cut is. Right. Um, They'll, they'll stop a fight in the middle of a round to have it checked. It really depends on the amount of blood and if it if it really affects the vision of the fighter. That's that's really when it comes into play. Like when you see 
there are fights later down the line as we go where there's some pretty ridiculous cuts that, okay. that happen. Um, like just open like wounds that are, you know, a couple inches long on people's foreheads. Mm. Um, but as, as long as the fighter can see and blood isn't rushing in and they can throw enough Vaseline on there to sort mm. of calm it down in between rounds, they're usually pretty good about it. I mean, we just had – there's not many doctor stoppages, but you do get them. Like we just had uh, a couple weeks ago UFC 211, Frankie Edgar versus Yair Rodriguez. And Frankie Edgar absolutely mutilated Yair's eye to the oh, point where it was oh right, right right yeah it was it was so swollen and, and just just beat up really really badly uh, to the to the point where Yair couldn't there's no way he could have seen out of it and the doctor stepped in and stopped it after round two just because there was I mean it, he was taking so much punishment and had nothing for Frankie in that in that point. Um, those are the kind of things where you'll see a doctor step in and, and make that decision. Right. I did see that. I did see that uh, the picture of Rodriguez on uh, on Twitter, and I was thinking about this as you started to say that that Rodriguez had to win that fight because you know he's one of the people I know, so that tells me <laughs> tells me that he's one of like the really really good fighters right now. Um, he's so. he's definitely like an up and coming guy. He's still really young. Okay. Um, he. He was on a uh, season of The Ultimate Fighter Latin America. I believe he won his season. Um, and he's looked he's looked pretty impressive. He had a really he, – he fought BJ Penn a couple months ago. But that – it's hard to base anything off that because BJ Penn is – as good as he was, he's so past his yeah. prime yeah. that it's not even funny. So, okay. here, so if, here, yeah. here, here you go. Big John's stepping in. Is this, so this is a medical check? I think I think they're gonna check. I think they're gonna check him to make sure. I don't know if he called it. I didn't see any wave or anything like that. Cutman coming in, still current modern day Cutman for the UFC. Can't think of his name off the top of my head, but you still see him from time to time. That is a uh, that's impressive because he is not a young man. Twenty one years ago. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, this is interesting. And also, by the way, I'm happy to know that the Vaseline for cuts is is as some sort of actual thing. When I was when I was a, a wee young buck, uh, I has I don't know I'm gonna guess I was uh, I'm gonna guess I was nine years old. It was my birthday. This this happened on my birthday, by the way. I was riding my bike. I was at my grandparents' house in in Kunchak in Pennsylvania, and uh, I rode my bike a little too hard. Came in a little hot to the uh, the front porch, <laughs> and my lower leg went right into a chair. And this is an older chair, and with like. A significant like s- screw head or bolt head sticking out, which naturally went into my leg with a little trouble. And my grandmother, who you know at this point was in the early stages of Alzheimer's, uh, just kind of just kind of stuck a bunch of Vaseline in my on my foot on my leg, and sent me about on my way. I uh, have a pretty big scar there right now because of it, but I didn't die. So that's, well, that's good. I, I didn't die. Spoiler. Um, Fry landing some pretty pretty nice ground and pound with that. He had a big elbow there. First well, of all, when they stopped it and and Patetti tried to come back out of the corner, mm-hmm. he was walking around looking like he was severely concussed. Okay, yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously, you know, this is a, a much different world than the head trauma conscious world that we live in now. Right. So, uh, it, it, but it is it is interesting to see that they really kind of let guys just go if they wanted to keep going. 
Yeah, concussion wasn't really a dirty word yet. We weren't really aware of the significant impact it was going to have on long-term health. And uh, as a result of that, sports were more fun. Sports, well, were, sports were more physical. There was actually, like, monster hitting in football. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. How many of these, like, these great safeties and from our childhoods just would not be allowed to play? Or uh, would, they couldn't play Would not play, play in a modern day. Even a guy like it, Brian Dawkins, who is you know, a borderline Hall of Famer for our Eagles— I don't know what he is today. I don't know if he could play the position, you know? Yeah, certainly not be... John Lynch, guys like that. Oh, no, no way. A uh, guy that comes to mind for some reason, Steve Atwater from Atwater? the Broncos. Yeah, Rodney that Harrison? Dude, that dude used to bring the absolute wood back in the day, and and there's no, there's just no way with some of the hits and the rules now. I mean – you get you get flagged for hitting a guy too hard with your shoulder. One of the one of the times that comes to mind is uh, uh, Big John going to break it up and, and separate him and send him to the corner again. Mm-hmm. I think I think he might be saving B- Batetti here uh, from any further punishment. You know, the Brazilians, especially in this era, not not one to give up mm-hmm. very quickly right. uh, and tap and things like that. You know, you see it later down the line with guys who let their arms get broken before tapping uh, to submissions and things. Um, he's not uh, exactly not exactly a guy, not exactly a, a country that's going to just give up and say, "Hey, we're done." Yeah. Well, and you just you just reminded me of one of the prime examples of the people that we were just talking about. What uh, what kind of role does a Ronnie Lott have in a modern day NFL? He doesn't. <laughs> I mean. He'd still be on the field because he, he's uber talented, but his game would have to change Is he a so much. Is he a, yeah, he's yeah a I, I was thinking you'd have to move him down, uh, you know, even closer to the line because uh, guys like that, when you try to line up a hit, it's mm. just – it's not it, – it, it, you're going all out every time. You're not really focusing on where you're trying to hit somebody. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the, the people who would let their arms be broken before submitting, and that just that took me right to Ronnie Lott and the old "cut my finger off and get me back yeah. in the game" story. I'm trying to play. Yeah, that's that that kind of thing. We do not see that anymore in the NFL. Just, no, no, just no. That's fine. We'll go back to the locker room. You take most of my finger off, and just you know, get me in the lineup. I need to be back out on the field within the next five minutes. Okay, so this feels illegal to me. What's going well, on right now? Well, it's not necessarily illegal for what Fry's doing. Okay. What Batetti's doing is actually uh, super illegal. How? By gra- you can't grab onto somebody's equipment, knee brace, shorts, or anything for leverage. At okay. least not now. You could back then, but because it gives you a competitive advantage, because you're not it just you know. Yeah. Also, what? Well, Fry's knees to the head also aren't oh legal now, so. That that also I guess they're both doing things that really don't work nowadays. Oh, you got, dangerous- uh, got some underwear there. I was gonna say getting dangerously close to a Don Fry crotch shot. <laughs> yeah, this is, we've come about as close as I'm comfortable with, Greg. Yeah, I don't think I need to see any more of that. Don Fry really a man's man though. Yeah. I, again, Big John continues to stand these guys up, and Let's- I guess he's. He's gonna call it. He's gonna call it, dude. TKO. Wait, what? I'm. I don't know. I'm not really sure. How do you get to do that? How does How does Big John just decide this guy wins? I mean, the referee does have the ultimate the ultimate decision making power inside the ring, whether he's right or wrong. Oh my God, the young uh, John Cena right there. <laughs> 
Very anticlimactic, though, for yeah. uh, UFC 8 champion Don Fry in the only matchup we'll see of him tonight. Well, that's a bummer. All right, well, let's let's we got four minutes left. Let's shave a little bit of time here because we are going to have some trouble getting this all in at a reasonable amount. So let's uh, let's call this right now. I can't imagine we're going to glean anything else that's too important from this other than the fact that Patetti has got a very large cut under his uh, left eye. And let's jump to the, the next fight, which is Mark Hall against Koji Katawa. How wrong, no. how wrong was I with that pronunciation? No, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds right. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> let me know. Uh, we, will, we, we will see both of those guys again. I'm just pressing play now, so let me know when I can start. I'll go for it. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see both of those guys again uh, down the line. Patetti and Fry. Yeah, but Teddy does make an appearance again as well. Okay, I remember Mark Hall. Mark Hall. Uh, yeah. Mark Hall is a, a Mo Yido discipline guy, 35 years old, six foot. Oh, wow. A 189, and he is from uh, California. Katawa, sumo wrestler, 33, 6'7, 390 pounds from Tumipref, Japan. A little bit of a weight advantage for Katawa in this one. Just Not about, lie. about the, one extra Mark Hall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's a, it, that, that's why it's weird that they still they still don't have the weight classes, but they got rid of the tournament for this one. So it's a little bit it's a little it's a little bit weird uh, for that situation. But we'll uh, we'll see how this happens. Well, am I imagining that we saw timed timed fights last week? We did, and then that's what I noticed because I'm looking. You know, I, I have the the card pulled up in front of me and I see the time of everything and when things end and, and whatnot. So it's, it's a little bit weird to, to not, they don't show a clock. Greg, Mark Hall is uh, he's fast on his feet, a strong, strong striker, Brazilian jiu-jitsu experience, and he will avoid the clinch. Does not like yeah. the clinch. Mark Hall, that's probably, probably a good instinct going up against a guy who is more than twice your size. Yeah. He's not, not interested in any Muay Thai. Understandable. Neither am I. Mo Yedo. See, I would say Moo. Moo, yeah, yeah dough. Okay, okay, Moo, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you <laughs> know. Yeah, Moo, yeah, buddy. Moo, yeah. <laughs> moo, yeah. Well, look, if the toboggan says something, I'm listening. <laughs> that's just the rules. Oh, that's hilarious. We got the big fella coming out now. and uh, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. Probably suffering some sort of seizure from these lights. Yeah, those lights are a little tough to handle uh, in this situation. All right, so we, here's the back of this guy, uh, Katao, Kateo, whatever, just wearing some random T-shirt. I respect that. It's like faded a little bit too. It looks like. Yeah, this is what he woke up wearing. Yeah, that's his sleep shirt <laughs> and his sleep pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sleep pants. Oh man, I like I like the idea. Look, if you're 390 pounds, as is Koji Katao, a sumo wrestler who prefers power over technique. Has studied striking, doesn't do it, but has studied it. Mobility is a question mark, and he's vulnerable when mounted, aren't we all? Who wouldn't be? But uh, I like I like that he's like leaning into the I'm 390 pounds. I'm not gonna wear a shirt. Everybody's gonna see how big I am. This is my advantage. It's psychological. You gotta show off a little bit. I don't know. If show off is the right look. All right, I'm gonna call some BS right now, Greg. He's not 390 no, pounds. No, he is not 390 pounds. That's ridiculous. Not even close. 
This is like uh, this is like Jimmy Rollins being listed at five eight. Not yeah. even close. Iverson at six foot one. Iverson is a six foot, but look, he came in. He was pretty close at it, so I'm all right with that. Maybe a hair under, mm. but Jim, Jimmy Rollins said this many times. Saw Jimmy Rollins at Best Buy. That guy is not taller than five five. Oh hey, I mean listen, you got to pad the stats a little bit, Chris. Oh, I'm not know. tuning into UFC 9 unless I get to see a 390-pound guy fight a 190-pound guy. It's just not happening. I mean, that's my rule for most things. Yeah. I'm just out. This is going to be a quick fight, and I'm guessing I'm guessing the the power over technique of Katow is, uh, is not going to do him well, and this is going to be a pretty easy win for Mark Hall. We never really see the big guy win these fights is what I've learned. No, we we really don't. It it tends to be the smaller guy, more technical and more uh, more okay, strategic. Okay, that's I just guess. underwear. Yeah, that was that was lingerie. That was not like a bikini for uh, for the ring girl. No, like every week it's something different. Every week it's something just. At different. least these ones. At least these ones don't look like they're being held. Uh, oh, you know, Asian against their girl? will. Oh my god! Yeah, that Asian girl from last week. She was no smile, no nothing. Definitely an indentured servant. Um, I, I like this stance from Katow. It's cover the face and just kind of stick my arm out. It, yeah, interesting, interesting stance. I guess you're trying to keep him at bay. I don't, I don't know what the thought process is, but Mark Hall doesn't seem to want to get particularly close to the big fellow. Oh, and Katow just pushes him into the cage. That first punch looked like it landed pretty good from from Hall, though, despite uh, Katow kind of just walking through it. Solid little blow from Katow to Hall. Hall gets Katow in the back of the head. I mean, kind of, if you, kind of suplexes him. If you have Katow pressed up against you like that, it's a tough one. What is what happened? Uh, he's got to be cut, right? He's got to be cut is what I'm thinking. Uh, his that's... jugular is cut. No, oh. I don't think that's the case. Oh, he is uh, he is busted. That guy is if you, broken. If you take a uh, quick peek at that nose there, Chris, it's on the other side of his face. Oh, he bu- he broke his nose really cuz I thought that was coming. Okay, that's that does hold up. There is a lot of uh, Asian blood on Mark Hall right now. And, yeah. And that's a shame because he wore his nice white trunks this week. Yeah, it's a difficult wardrobe to wear and uh, yeah, that nose is wait till they give you a straight shot of it. It is not in good shape. Ugh, and it seems like it hurts. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure it's very painful. Yeah, that's busted. That is, that nose is busted. He is not going to be oh. continuing. Man, uh, it is Bent to the side. When did Mark? Was that that first hit from Mark Hall? Well, he hit a, he hit that first early punch, and you saw Katow before he pressed him up against the cage. Katow motioned to his face real quick and like wiped his nose, so it may have initially been damaged there. A little bow like that. Yeah, respect uh, from Katow. It may have been it may have been damaged first, and then as he was getting taken down, you saw Hall kind of come up with some strikes from the bottom, and that might have been where he caught him, really to bust it up. Oh, congratulations to Mark Hall on a uh, impressive hard, victory. Hard, hard now he has to take a shower because he's covered in another man's blood. Yeah, for for sure. And I would want to see some medical documentation suggesting that that gentleman does not have any sort of disease that I'm now going to contract. Uh, yeah, probably a good idea. You know, get it checked out. Maybe do a couple tests. He looks like he was just through some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, you're not what usually going to be covered like... in them. Can somebody wipe him off, Wait, please? why did they? That was Dan Severin, right? 
Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. I don't why, know. Why did they just show a Ma- picture of Ken Shamrock? Maybe they were going to cut to the locker room cam. I, I don't know. Right here. Now they go to the replay. Right there. there there's like a weird punch from from Hall, kind of from his right side. You, it's, a, it's a terrible angle. You can't really get it. Yeah, but it makes and, me think it happened before that because why was Big John stopping it at that point? You're suggesting that Big, Big John inadvertently caused it. No, I don't think he did. That guy's amazing. That, that guy's amazing. We all know who <laughs> I'm talking about. He's amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Did you did you see uh, what Mark Hall's hat says? Uh, it said Godfalls, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> in like the Seinfeld logo, uh, logo font. Yeah, there uh, there was a lawsuit after that. And, uh, I'm sure there was. There was a. Uh, those Seinfeld kids, the Larry Davids, the Julia Louis Dreyfus is the world, litigious people. I mean, I, I would imagine you can't wear an I Got Balls Seinfeld logo style hat. Does it say I Got Balls or just Got Balls? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Well, look, if he uh, drops his head a little bit, we're going to be able to solve this mystery. That guy there is, is so amazing. There's no doubt the guy behind him has balls. That guy is so amazing. <laughs> Oh, oh I man! See him fight. I think he just says "God balls." Somebody ask that guy behind him if his favorite fighter is Don Fry. Yeah, I mean that's probably true. I mean either modeled his look right after him. Either one of those guys didn't go exactly the same way. Fry is more like classic American, and that guy is like classic Alabama. It's <laughs> a good point. All right, so the next fight we're going to take a look at is Mark Schultz versus Gary Goodrich, the uh, the trainer of. Almost every fighter at UFC 8. Yes, yeah. And this is going to be our longest fight of the night. 24 minutes. Yeah, it definitely takes, uh, takes a little bit. I am, uh, I'm ready when you are. I should pause because I'm like 8 seconds in. All right, hang on. All right, I'm uh, 11 seconds in, so let me know when you get to 9, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get this party started. Excited to my, gu- my guess is I'm at 9. It's not telling me, second-wise. Uh, right, we have we still have the title card up, the Schultz-Goodrich. Goodrich looks like, it, honestly, it looks like his mugshot. Schultz is a wrestler to Goodrich's Kuxel Wan, 33 years old for Schultz, to 30 for Goodrich. 5'10", Schultz, 6'3", Goodrich, 203 to 240. Utah versus Ontario, that classic matchup that we see every week. <laughs> Mark Schultz, the brother of uh, famed wrestler, the late Dave Schultz, who was killed by that guy in Pennsylvania. Good story. Yeah. All right. Which guy are we talking about, Greg? Because that's Uh, a horrible thing that nobody wants to talk about. uh, Oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name. They made that movie with Steve Carell. Steve Carell played him in Foxcatcher. Yes, Greg. Yes. We all know, unfortunately... What is being talked about? Uh, it's not the the proudest or best moment from an alumnus of my particular university. Of course, you're talking about John Dupont. Ah, that is who I'm talking about. Sometimes I wanted to say like Vandervelde. I don't know. It's not the. It's not what we show people on the tour. Yeah, you don't go. You don't go to that wing. No, there's not. There's no John Dupont wing. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it's not, it's not amazing. It's uh, not amazing. Foxcatcher was an underrated movie, though. And ironically, the second reference to Foxcatcher that I've heard today. Weird. I know. I was listening to, uh, to a podcast of some gentleman who uh, refused to answer me but liked my tweet. Won't mention any names. Definitely wasn't Ian Carmel. 
and his All Fantasy Everything podcast, and uh, they were talking about Foxcatcher when they were uh, they were they're fantasy drafting a their a mop movie. That was a, you know, I see. I never watched that movie. I never, despite yeah, you, wanting to. You're not missing anything. I can't. I don't want to go near that stuff. I did. Uh, I did make Alexa watch a documentary on Dupont just because. You know, it's very, it's very. Was it the thirty for thirty? Near and dear to me. Uh, it was something on Netflix, I think. I don't, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but I wonder. Because there is, there, there's like two on Netflix. There's a thirty for thirty, and then there's like a just like a Team Foxcatcher documentary. I think I watched both. I think it was Team Foxcatcher. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad documentary. Yeah, I wish it didn't happen. Yeah, there's a lot of things that my university may or, it may have done. Well, not may. Oh, have. Really? My university. My university did that I don't want to talk about, Chris. Yeah, some, so. news, some news came out today from that, if, I, uh, oh, if I'm Jesus. correct. It, you know what, man? It's 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 impossible to defend because it's yeah. so egregious and ridiculous. And whatever those kids get, they absolutely 1,000% deserve. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just – it's it's – you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed my time in, in, you know, at said university, mm-hmm. but – there is there is certainly a culture, and when you have a culture like this, these are these are things that happen, mm-hmm. you know. And you're honestly you're lucky. We were talking about it today, actually randomly. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it today uh, as we watched Big Daddy Goodrich uh, get ready to, to enter the cage. Very strong upper um, body for Goodrich. Oh. Good ground skills. <laughs> Guy's a knockout puncher, but will strike on the ground. All right, what were you saying? Talking about so, so there was there was a kid when I was a senior. He was a freshman mm-hmm. who who uh, passed away in a similar situation. <laughs> not, not. I'm sorry, that's not funny. But no, Goodrich, Goodrich on the screen is right now. Yeah, with with his with his sunglasses and Kangol rocking the all black. He knows how to do it. Big Daddy's forming a. He's he's putting together an image, my friend. Can I? What is that thing called? The Kangled? Because can I tell you what? Also mentioned on the All Fantasy Everything podcast, along with Foxcatcher that I was listening to earlier. Never heard that this word is a before. We- this is a weird day, Chris. It's a weird day. It is. But uh, we, were gentleman, ta- we were talking. The ta- passed away. We were talking about this story because there was like a giant manhunt uh, following this weekend where uh, this young man went missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and. They ended up finding him rather close to – he had been at a an apartment and then proceeded to go to a frat party. And upon leaving, somehow stumbled out drunkenly and, you know, fell off mm-hmm. of a building or something. It, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the kind of thing. You're, you're lucky that that wasn't a bigger story. And, and part of it is because of the, the way that media is delivered now mm-hmm. as opposed to 2010 or 2009 when that happened. You know, it, it's it's – there, there's a certain party culture that goes along with with that school sure. that it's it's scary. It, it, you know, as I've gotten older, it's scary. When I was 20 or 21, you know, 18, 19, it was like whatever. You know, just Whoa. don't be stupid. Yeah, you're in the but, mid- you're in the middle of nowhere. What the hell else are you gonna do? Not much, Chris. <laughs> not much. And that's you no, know, that's the appeal for a lot of people to go to Penn State. Yeah, for sure. That was, I mean, that wasn't necessarily what I made my decision on. Wasn't suggesting it was. Yeah, but it, it is for a lot of guys and a lot of girls that go there that, that that social scene and even the Greek life scene plays a big role in, in that. Not, I mean, I don't know if it will as much anymore because there's a chance Ew. that it won't even exist. Yeah. So the problem is, is though, the people that own those houses, you know, right. if those houses get sold, those houses are going to get rented out to people and they're just going to throw parties yeah. in those houses it's not like and they'll be even less sanctioned 
than when you have fraternities, if that makes sense. No, of so course. are you, are you really doing, are you really making a change for the good or is it something that could potentially cause a bigger problem? Right. Anyhow, what happened? Yeah. I don't know what I was gonna say. What happened was horrendous no matter what, yeah. but how do you control it better? Do you control it by taking everything down? That real estate still exists. They're not going to knock down 15 frat houses. It's not right. going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's difficult. And there's certainly an appeal not only from the, the party school aspect of it, but also, you know, it's it's the closest big college, like I would say real big college that isn't in a city. You know, Temple was closer to where you and I went to school. But but it was cert but Penn State is like the closest big college yeah. that is you know, basically it's it's thirteenth grade of high school for a lot of people. Oh, especially early on when they get there. I mean, academically, it, there, there's definitely some advantages to it, but it's, you know, it, it, for a lot of people, it's more let's go and be as social as possible. It's why when you get there and they tell you, like, you know, one in four people aren't going to make it to senior year yeah. in your orientation. It's just the way it works there because people are more interested in the social aspect than the academia. Right, and past that, I just mean, you know, because of where we go to school, so many of the people from our schools oh. go to that school, and, you you know, it's it's just high school continued. For sure. Your, ho- your house no party, supervision. Your house party that you would throw when your parents went away now becomes your, you know, four-month party every semester. Right. Right, you are right, sir. You know, can I tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed in what we're seeing from Gary Goodrich right now because I, I don't expect Gary Goodrich to be in a 24-minute fight. I mean, it's not 24 minutes, but, you know, the 24-minute long coverage of this fight because he's, you know, this is a, strikes me as an impact guy. Go, go hard, throw some big blows, and let's get out of there. Well, what really disappoints me is how the guillotine technique is just not that great. It's not super tight mainly because of the leverage that he has underneath yeah. uh his his left arm isn't it's partially under uh mark schultz's uh neck but it's not, or under his chin but it's not fully wrapped around like the goal here would be to try and almost connect his hands underneath mm-hmm. to really get to get as much leverage as possible instead he's trying to get like he's trying to get like a modified like it's not even rubber guard because he's try- see how he's trying to pull his leg up. It's not really it's not really that if that makes sense. Like if you ever see if you ever see a guy and we'll, I'm sure we'll see it many many times over as mm. we go. A lot of guys when they get in this position. Plus he's in he's in half guard. But if he was if he were to be in full guard, a lot of guys will pull up one of their legs and and basically place it across the back of the neck of the guy above them uh, the guy that's on top. Obviously that requires a lot of flexibility, but. Mm. It, it, this is well before that's really established. I mean, that's a position that's made most popular, or at least invented by, uh, from all accounts that I know of, by Eddie Bravo, who founded Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu. But that's, that, that I think that's developed way later than than nineteen ninety six. Well, here's the thing, though. It seems like Goodrich has Schultz in a hold right now, but he appears to be put, putting himself in the disadvantage. Yeah, Gary Goodrich should be on his feet. He's got to try to get back up. Uh, no, I just mean within the hold because he's not actually – it doesn't seem to me like he's actually accomplishing anything. And But he both of his arms are occupied, and Schultz is just throwing a bunch of blows to his chest. I mean there's a lot of body shots coming from Schultz right here, and it's certainly certainly not good. Hey, Goodrich is trying to hold him down so he doesn't get up to get more leverage on those shots, but All he's right. not – 
he's not doing anything productive, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would describe what Goodrich is doing right now as a very aggressive hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, Schultz, a little bit longer shorts next time, buddy. Yeah, that doesn't quite cover it. We all, we're dangerously near a Don Fry situation. <laughs> yes, we are. We are on the verge of a Don Fry. Goodrich wearing some basketball shoes in case he wants to find a game later. Or Schultz, whatever, same thing. Uh, well, not the same thing, Greg. But here, <laughs> like I said before, I don't see color. You racist. All right. That's, that, if that's how we want to play things. Racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or one guy's a wrestler who would clearly be wearing wrestling shoes, and the other guy is, is representing some martial art that he later would admit he never actually practiced. Look, don't try to hide your racism. Be who you <laughs> yeah. are. <laughs> no, I'm just – I'm an idiot, and I didn't realize who was wearing which shoes. But much like Gary Goodrich is an idiot for pretending to be a, a practitioner of an art that he has never actually been around. But Man, Goodrich is bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, he is. I was about to say, uh, as karma goes, he is bleeding pretty badly from the mouth. Yeah, I mean that's that is not, not a pretty sight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He lies, so uh, his mouth bleeds. It's like the walk of shame in Game of Thrones, Greg. I guess. I guess. Man, I need that. Greg, Gary Goodridge looks like he is absolutely on a different planet at the moment. Yeah, for like, sure. Like every time they, every time they cut through his face, his eyes are like rolling in the back of his head almost. And I'd like to point out that Cage Warriors '84 is live right now. It is live right now. I forgot. Started at 4 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass. What is 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 that a, a UFC? I mean, I, I it's might be it's, a dumb it's more or less that. like a minor league, okay. like more of a local circuit kind of thing. That's what a lot of Fight Pass. Like if you're an MMA fan, uh-huh. that's what a lot of Fight Pass is sort of meant for. Yeah, they have all the old fight library and stuff like that, but they, they the ultimate goal is for guys to get big in these organizations and get showcased in the in these. And then once you get to uh, doctor check-in, or is this a round? I don't think it's a round because there's no corner man coming in to, to check on him. I think Big John just wants to make sure he's all right. Um, but the ultimate goal of Fight Pass would be, hey, we're going we're gonna to play these these local smaller events. Yeah, uh-huh. he's just standing them up. Yeah. I don't know why you let them go to their corners. Uh, but we're going to showcase these local fights or, or smaller organization fights see if there's a big star that we can build out of this, mm-hmm. get a name behind him now so that when he eventually, if he does ever make it to the UFC, there's already a built-in fan base. Gotcha. Now, the price tag of, you know, Fight Pass or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's seven seven ninety nine a month, I think, if you just pay monthly or yeah. maybe nine ninety nine a month I if you pay not, monthly. I believe it's $9.99 a month. Okay, so $9.99 if you pay monthly. But uh, I don't know... I don't know how many people or subscribers they have. I'm sure it's a lot just because they put more and more prelim fights on there. Mm-hmm. And if you really are that that hardcore MMA fan, you know, you're going to you're going to pay to watch it. So they funnel you to get fight pass if you want full coverage of everything. Pretty much. Yeah, like if you if if you want to watch like for example, this Sunday UFC 212, there's three fights on Fight Pass, then there's four fights on FS1 and then there's five fights on Pay-Per-View. So there's Three different places you need to tune into, which we'll see what happens as, as the UFC's deal with Fox uh, comes up. I think it's either later this year or next year, which was their first big TV deal. Mm. We'll see what happens as they move forward. 
um, could be a real big issue for FS1, depending on depending on what they do. I mean, they they, they base a lot of wow, Schultz covering Goodridge's mouth yeah, to, weird. to affect the breathing. I like weird. that. It's a veteran move. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of cash that they're gonna be expecting, and I'm sure when you know the people that bought it for four billion dollars are gonna be really looking at TV rights mm-hmm. uh, in, the, sure. in the coming in the coming future. Man, Big John picking up that gross mouthpiece that just fell out of somebody's mouth. It was Pretty good. Disgusting. It was good, Rich, and it was gross. I mean, I guess, I guess he has the, he has the good rich set of gloves paper. on, but yeah, it wouldn't be enough for me. Nah, man, good rich busted that, up. That glove is coming off. Uh, coming off of the big paw of Big John. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 as he's as he's. Handling Goodridge's blood, too, which is a little bit weird. It's not not weird, that's for sure. And this guy, Schultz looks like he's got to have a wrestling background, right? This guy looks like a wrestler. Oh, Olympic-level wrestler. Okay, that Olympic makes perfect level. sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, let me look here, I had it pulled up. He was a two-time world champion and an American Olympic wrestler. He, whoa, whoa, sorry. Uh, American gold medalist at the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. So, yeah, just a little bit of a, of a wrestling background. Well, I watched American Ninja Warrior, and that doesn't make me a ninja. It's a good point, Chris. I watch it's... a lot of UFC. It doesn't make me an MMA fighter. I mean, you could try. Uh, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah, that's not super appealing to me either, to be quite honest I... with you. If I was in a little bit better shape, I may consider going and doing jujitsu because it intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Why but there's a part of jujitsu. I don't know. It just seems like it's it's one of those. There, there's so much technique in it. Like mm-hmm. it's not really like a power thing. You know what I mean? Never been the strongest guy in the don't, world. Don't if that makes sense. Short. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I've always but, thought you but, were. In my heart, you are great. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but just like it's more the intrigue and the technique. Plus, apparently, it's a decent way to get into like pretty decent shape. So, jujitsu. Uh, yeah, you know, if, I, I hear what you're saying about the whole not wanting to be punched in the mouth thing. I have, I've always said that I have the personality that I have, and I've managed to avoid getting punched in the mouth. So I'm not going to come daring people to do it. I feel like yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm already at a deficit. I am already well overdue to get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not going to dare fate. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go around asking for it. Let's just be honest. Like, real happy with how my day's going, but I'd be happier if I could get punched in the mouth by somebody. Yeah, yeah let me see if I can get somebody to just take a couple shots at me real quick. You know what? I bet you we could line that up. Uh, nah, you know what? Never mind. I'm good. Um, just, if it comes up, I I bet you you have a couple of, uh, couple of younger brothers who wouldn't mind taking a swing. Oh, uh, absolutely, sir. There, <laughs> there are, I'm sure, I'm sure they would, uh, love to, to throw down. Let me ask you a question. One, you get one free punch from somebody, and one of these two is going to punch you in the mouth. Would you rather take a punch from Matt or Mikey? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'd probably, I'd probably go Matt because really? o- only because Mike is actually still like a semi-active athlete, like mm-hmm. to the point where he plays basketball like multiple times a week. Um, versus one time a week for Matt. 
Okay. And like Mike actually looks like he might have a little bit of power behind it, and he's got oh, the youth so, on his so side. So you're saying, first of all, Matt's barely over the hill at like 23, but uh, so you're saying Matt is weak and unathletic. Not what I said, but thank you for putting words in my mouth. That's what I heard, Greg. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to text him. <laughs> We're going to go with Matt having old man strength. Now I'm going to need to worry about that. Ah, uh, there you go. Um, so Goodrich is bleeding significantly at this point. Yeah, I think we're finding out where a lot of that blood came from. Yeah, what m- order the, were these fights in? Yeah, you you may be correct on that. You absolutely may be. Correct. I mean, his face is covered in blood. Oh no, question. Just, just a also, mess. Also, th- this is this is the era where, and even today, today the wrestler seems to have a lot of the advantage. Where you get a lot of guys and a lot of fights that end like this, where essentially whoever is the more the more aggressive and more uh, strategic wrestler mm-hmm. tends to take the victory, and uh, and a lot of times it's because you end up in positions like this where people are just getting worn out. Like Goodridge is attempting something with those arms, or just trying to hold him down. He's oh, here flailing. we go. He is flailing. That's all that's happening. Um, and you, so you're saying that the Olympic wrestler is better suited for this kind of thing than the guy with a fake discipline? Uh, yeah, at this point, yeah, probably. I'm not saying that Goodrich didn't have martial arts background. He just wasn't a kook Sulwan practitioner. Do we know for a fact he does have a martial arts background, though? Uh, I'm sure we can find out. Well, I don't trust what his Wikipedia page is going to say. I could make it say stuff. In fact, I'm going to later. <laughs> it's a good point. It's going to say it's he, a good was, point. he was a 1996 and Summer League champion. Well, buddy, he was a Trinidadian and Canadian super heavyweight kickboxer. Well, that's certainly Okay, fair. okay. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. His, his rank, honorary fourth degree black belt in Kuksul Wan. That sounds fake to me. That's like that's like honorary doctor. I think the fight just got stopped. It did. It did. I'm, uh, it seems like I'm about ten seconds ahead of you. Nah, sorry. Well, don't worry about it. You're not really spoiling anything at that point because uh, <laughs> I've seen it already. Um. Yeah. So we're just gonna have a lot of Gary Goodrich having Vaseline stuffed in his face. So let's buy ourselves another four minutes here. Let's let's call this one with the uh, the win. Mark Schultz taking down Gary Goodrich. Disappointing fight for Goodrich, but what are you going to do? Uh, we're going to have uh, two fights left. We've got, and we're going to move on to Rafael Carino versus Matt, the Madman Anderson. The Madman. I gave him that nickname. Okay, I like that. Let me know when you are prepared. Pulling it up right now. By the way, up next is Don Fry versus Amari Batete. Mm, feel like we watched that. All right, I am ready to start. I am one second in. All right. Yeah, not a great showing. The weird thing that happens is, is wow. Car- <laughs> Car- Carino, this is wow. I mean, yeah, we got the title it. cards alone. Yeah, Carino is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist to Anderson's warrior training. That's amazing. Uh, 23 years old to Anderson's 24. 6 foot 8, 245 to Anderson's 6 to 225. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I'm <laughs> my discipline from now on. My official discipline is warrior training. 
I don't blame you. It seems like he might be successful with that kind of training. Well, actually, also, I'm sorry. I just let me finish my thought here. I'm gonna go warrior training slash trap fighting. That's <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I like that mix. Carino, Cur- Carino might have oh a Carino sh- might have a shot at uh that Anthony Davis copyright, my man. I am terrified of this guy. Yeah, he looks very scary. Not terrified of his bodyguard because he looks like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, you know, a little yeah. bit on the non uh, non fighter side. Uncle Phil in the background. Uncle Phil really with great seats. And, I mean, rock, and rocking the same thing he does on the Fresh Prince. I know, those ridiculous. The yeah, ridiculous track suits. Hey, uh, Mike Tyson says Conor McGregor is going to look ridiculous against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, probably. Also, I was trying to do an impersonation of how Mike Tyson would say ridiculous. You look ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous against Mayweather. Might want to might want to keep working on that one, but I, I like your ideas. I knocked it no out experience of the park. getting hit for Carino. Probably not a great place to start. Oh, I didn't in see the UFC. That. I was at Mike Tyson. Will shoot immediately. Very powerful. No experience getting hit. Perfires arm locks. <laughs> oh my they, god! I want to know what this guy's saying. Like I want to hear this. Well, he, he's got some Will Smith ears, by the way. He also has some dead behind the eyes, like. 5,000 yard no blinking stare oh yeah he's seen some shit in his life yeah sure. that's that's, like, that's a wild one he's an amalgamation of a lot of people yes like he's you got the anthony davis unibrow you got the will smith ears you, this is an interesting fellow and he is uh and i'm always interested in the guys who who dwarf over big john six eight six eight indeed are right, these guys are ready to go Matt Anderson oh is God. ready to go. He is uh, – I don't know what happens. Obviously, this is one of the, the unique situations where I don't get stuff spoiled because there's no tournament. I'm going to say Matt Anderson's about to get his ass kicked. Uh, you mean the Shermanator from American Pie? Yeah, probably. I could see that. I could see that. It, if his hair was red, he would be a spitting image of the Shermanator. The world's – who's the world's greatest fighter? Body Alive. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Big John saying – it's not too late for you to leave. This guy's crazy. Just look at his unibrow. <laughs> Well-rounded warrior fighter tra- is Matt Anderson with his warrior training. He's going to try to avoid the clinch. He's vulnerable on his back, and he will strike on the ground, which is interesting because if he's on his back, he's vulnerable, but he'll hit you. Oh, my God. Dude, at least <laughs> – you know what? Do you have a little bit of Chris Birdman Anderson pre- prior to the tattoos in him? Yeah, there's some of that. There's some of that. He's another one who could uh, definitely be trying out for some road rule stuff. Oh, for sure. He's like he's your typical road ruler. Road ruler. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's uh, well, he's dead now because I can't imagine he lives through this fight. Well, we're gonna find out, Chris. We are. How many people die in the ring? Uh, not many, not as many as you'd think. I wouldn't. In think the, there, in, I wouldn't think there'd be any. Did it has any? There's people died in the ring. Not in the ring per se that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, in mixed martial arts, it doesn't happen anywhere near as often, like worldwide, for the amount of fights that happen. Mm-hmm. You really don't. You really don't get a really yeah. any. There was one recent one hmm, about a year ago, maybe a guy from. Ireland or Brazil? I can't remember what, but in a lower level fight, took some punishment and just kind of one of those boxing style situations where 
collapsed, fell into a coma, and a few days later was uh, was taken off life support. So it can for sure happen. And a lot of it now as they continue to study, a lot of it may stem from like weight cutting and things like that because mm. of the way people's bodies are so dehydrated. Um, that, that that really effect, has a lot of effects on, on the brain uh, and then taking major punishment to it. Well, Gregory, so. well, Gregory we have uh... – Let's cut back to April 12, 2016. A mixed martial arts fighter died three days after he was pummeled in the ring. The guy died. He doesn't. They, do they really need to add pummeled in the ring? Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, pummeled in the ring in Dublin, Ireland. Portuguese fighter... It was uh, in Ireland. Got it. Portuguese fighter Joao Carvalho, 28, fought against Ireland's Charlie Ward, former Florida State quarterback, at the National Stadium. He was knocked out in the third round. Uh, he was examined by doctors and the medical staff at the on-site medical office as per normal procedure before he was taken to the hospital, said Total Extreme Fighting. Uh, the CEO of Total Extreme Fighting and that said that the, the promotion of the fighters followed the best regulatory practices and that the medical staff on-site ensured the seriousness of Hawaii's condition was recognized and swift action was taken. Uh, yeah, so beaten quite badly and died three days later in the hospital. I- I think Charlie Ward's in, was fought in the UFC after that. Well, I mean, I, you know, that's a, a heck of a thing to put on your resume is I like, yeah. somebody in the ring. Hard for me to find hard for me to find what's going on here because uh, you know, obviously the Charlie Ward we're looking it, at is the, the former Florida State quarterback, former Nick Point guard. Uh, yeah, he does have a UFC.com profile. Pretty sure he got knocked out by Razak Al Hassan and in a fight in Northern Ireland roughly six months ago. Not even. Um, eh, probably six months ago. Uh, suffice to say that uh, Charlie Ward is close and a quote-unquote teammate with Conor McGregor, and McGregor talked about the death of Carvalho. Uh, that's probably not worth reading. Um, yeah, but if you look at his UFC.com profile, I'm telling you, he got knocked out in the first round. I think he did. It, it comes up weird for me is the problem. So I'm, ah. try, I'm trying to look a Charlie Ward. All right. I got his MMA.com. UFC Fight Night 113. I fought Galore Bafondo. Abdul Rasik Alazar. He did lose to him. On November it was a 19th, wild fight. November yeah. 19th, 2016. 53-second fight. Yeah, it was a wild 53 seconds. I believe you, sir. It looks like it, that may have been his only UFC fight. Yeah, I believe it was I believe it was both guys' debut. This is interesting. How many got, weird pants are he's wearing? Um, <laughs> they're, like, they're like joggers. Uh, no, that's definitely not the picture I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at his... Uh, Sherdog.com fighter huh. profile. Oh, I was I was talking about the fight going on with Matt Anderson. Matt Anderson looks like he's terrified, by the way. Yeah. Also and, been and, on his back the entire good. time, and we know from the pre-fight info, not great off his back. Yeah, so that's not suboptimal for Anderson. Very vulnerable. Let me ask you, because I'm seeing Charlie Ward's fight history as a pro fought five times. Is that fairly typical? Like how many fights does the average uh, fighter take part in if you train with conor mcgregor five fights is probably more than enough to get into the ufc if you have a decent record um not saying that charlie ward isn't a talented fighter but guys who train with mcgregor who his coach 
sort of vouches for sort of seemingly weirdly get a fast track to the UFC with less and less fights outside of the octagon. Um, most guys, it really depends. It depends on how you finish fights outside, who you fought, um, if you're fighting guys with decent records or if you're just fighting, you know, soup can guys who are just there to soup pad can your stats. Sam. Exactly. I don't even know if soup can's the right word. There's there's another, there's a term, and I can't think of it. You're, I feel like you're dancing around the word we want. Yeah. But we're not yeah. quite there. But that 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 tends to happen with, with a lot of these guys, for sure. Ooh, full mount for Car- Carino. And oh, it's, yeah, there. It's, it, this isn't going to end well for, for Matt Anderson. No. Carino's got, Not a great debut. Carino has got a significant weight advantage, and he is in a, the position he wants to be in right now. But yeah, outside of that, in in octagon or in not octagon, but in in ring or just post fight deaths don't happen that often in in MMA. Um, uh, there are guys who have died from weight cutting prior to fights, which is the scariest part. Well, honestly, the weight, the weight cutting is crazy. Oh, especially a lot of guys. A lot of guys cut like a ton of weight. You're talking like twenty to thirty pounds in under a week. You know. Well, I remember when McGregor had a drop down for that one fight, and he looked just super, super unhealthy. Yeah, the fight against Aldo. And then this early, oh, man, Carino just really, really leveling Anderson. I'm surprised it hasn't been. I have a feeling it's coming very shortly. Um, Well, there was that one, and then earlier this year you had the fight that was was called off the day before due to – Khabib Nurmagomedov having to go to the hospital due to weight cutting because his liver essentially shut down. Um, that, that happens. Yeah, not a not a great not a great thing to have happen uh, prior to a interim title fight. So this there's or, an interesting there's an interesting cut from Matt Anderson right now. We can see blood falling down his face backwards because of it, how he's how he's. On it was the like ground. it was like halfway up his forehead. It yeah, was it, was, weird. it looked like it was climbing his face. Yeah, and, uh, the fight has been called. No giant shock to anybody. Carino dominated that from the word go. Matt Anderson should not have been in the ring with this crazy unibrow Brazilian guy, and uh, now they celebrate and celebratory headbutt for for one Rafael Carino. <laughs> celebratory headbutt. That's what it looked like. I'm always interested in this. <laughs> I'm always interested in this. Hey, you just beat the crap out of me. Let's hug. I'm gonna smile and hug. I guess it's a respect thing, I you guess. know. You even see it. You see it now. You know, modern day in these situations too, where guy where guys tend to hug and and really celebrate uh, post fight with each other. All right. Well, let's go to our last fight of the night: Cal Warsham, Zane Frazier, UFC nine, Motor City Madness, and uh, twelve minute fifty one second fight. Uh, pulling it up as we speak. Man, Cal Warsham, you have a lot of fights for no reason on Fight Pass. Oh, yeah? Uh, there we go. I'm ready when uh, Push play. to start it. All right. Zane Cal- Frazier, I feel like we've seen him before. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Um, Cal Warsham's so not much of a fighter, isn't Mr. Warsham? Well, no, not that. There's just a lot of a lot of fights on there that I never knew of. Fra- you know, Frazier's I- American Kempo to Warsham's Taekwondo. Frazier... 32 years old, 6'5", 235, 
Warsham 32, 510, 230 from California. Both fighters from California. Frazier from the uh, infamous North Hollywood section of California. And, uh, and the other gentleman, whose name I forget, Cal Warsham from another area. Folsom, California. Yeah, I forgot because I'm Yo, American. Oh, who is your amazing. boy? Those those pants are amazing. I need a pair of those. The yeah. American flag pants. Zane Frazier, he's rocking the like every Asian person walking around Tokyo with the mask on thing. <laughs> Warsham is a guy. Uh, man, I'm trying to think where we saw Zane Frazier before. I can't remember. But Warsham, we saw fight Paul Varlins in Varlins' first UFC uh, UFC fight. And uh, Worsham got knocked out pretty handily there. That's why it surprised me how many outside of the UFC matches were on here. All right, Zane Frazier, how about uh, how about fighting Kevin Rogier in UFC number one? That's what it is. I knew I knew him. Powerful striker is Frazier with fast footwork, some shoot fighting experience, but his stamina is a question. He some uses... shoot fighting experience? He fought in the UFC. He uh, He's an American Kenpo discipline guy. I don't know what shoot fighting is, but I imagine... Essentially just real fighting. Oh. That's all it is. All right. <laughs> well, we're, looks like this is going to be the last time we see Frazier take part in a UFC. He is in something called the First Absolute Fighting World Cup Pankration. Pankration? He's just know. trying to jam a bunch of words into your organization's name? Yeah, sounds like that. He's in Rings Holland Judgment Day. Uh, where he plays a guy, where he fights a guy named Dick Vridge. <laughs> V-R-I-G. Oh, awesome. J. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing uh, name. I'm going to look, I'm going to learn a lot more about Dick Vridge. He's a Dutch former professional mixed martial arts fighter, former bodybuilder and club bouncer, six foot one, 242 pounds. I need pictures. We need to see what this, this uh, former bodybuilder from the Netherlands looks like. <laughs> That sign was amazing. Oh, I didn't see we, we, we came to see ultimate ass kicking. Oh my god, this guy is awesome. <laughs> this guy is awesome. He, like, he, okay. So, Dick Vridge, he looks so much like, like if John Cena had a drugged out brother. <laughs> oh my god. Like, it's amazing. I have to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh God, it's amazing. <laughs> All right, Cal Warsham, Taekwondo artist, cautious approach, powerful striker, Brazilian jiu-jitsu experience, and he can take a punch. Another yeah, useful we, trait for a fighter. We saw him take a punch and get knocked out and do the Ric Flair face down walk. <laughs> Cal I'm con, I'm confused. I'm con, like, did the guys who put these together not remember the last time these guys were in the UFC? Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dick Vridge, one of his teachers, Thon Hanneker. Thon Maker? Yes, Thon Maker. I <laughs> knew that guy was way older than he said he was. Yeah, that, absolutely. Because Vridge was born in 1965. Mm, something tells me it might be Thon Hanneker and not Thon Maker, but you never know. Yeah, we. I'd like to see pictures. Because it could be <laughs> one of those things where he's just, you know... We don't. There's always been questions about Thon Maker's age, just like a, like a Kenny Mutombo. People like. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about while we're talking about foreign centers in the NBA, 
Did you happen to see the mean tweet segment on Kimmel last night? I did not, but I I, oh I heard God. that he, Embiid was on there. Oh my God, it was the dumbest one there's ever been. There was no reason for him to be on there. It was a stupid tweet. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point, and I expect so much better from Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> so I take it you didn't like it. Like a couple of them were kind of funny, but the, the Joel Embiid one was just so stupid. Yeah, that's not fun. Yo, yeah, I recently found out something What'd about Wilt Chamberlain playing professional basketball as like a 16-year-old kid. I don't know what, to what you're alluding. He played under the name like Marcus George or George Marcus for like the, the Quaker Town phase. F-E-Y-S or F-A-Y-S. Uh, under a fake identity, Wilt Chamberlain dominated pro there you basketball. Go. Uh, when he was 16 and 17. Hall yeah, there's, there, there's an NBA podcast that I listened to uh, on occasion that talked about it, and I was amazed. I believe that's an NCAA violation, and we need to take Kansas' titles away. Let's go. That's an excellent point. Uh, Will Chamberlain secretly dominated professional basketball at age 16 under a false identity, scoring as many as 46 points against pros in an Eastern United States... <clears throat> Pros in the Eastern United States with a team record. They went 36 and one on the back of the 16-year-old. By the age of 17, he was averaging 40.5 points a game. <laughs> I mean, how was unbelievable. He professional basketball. Why wasn't he in high school? That's a good question. Did Overbrook not have a team at that point? Played. For was the- it a summer league? So, okay, you're close. They he played for the. Semi-pro Quakertown phase, F-A-Y-S, during the 1954-1955 season. It was uh, the Big Nine Conference. (laughs) Big Uh, Nine. Chamberlain was a a senior at Overbrook High School in Philadelphia. The Pennsburg Athletic Association did not at the time have jurisdiction over the city schools. So Chamberlain could play professionally without losing his eligibility. That's super weird. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In 15 games for the phase, uh, who— who played their hometown games at Benner Hall in Richland Town. I know exactly where this is. I spent a lot of time in Quaker Town. My mother lived there. Know exactly where Benner Hall is in Richland Town. Uh, Wilt averaged 53.9 points per game. That's all right. That's mediocre for a 16-year-old playing in an adults league. Yeah, he was playing against uh, 6'11 Andy Maddox, who had previously played for the Harlem Globetrotters. So there was some... (laughs) There was some talent that Wilt was dominating at at 17 years old. Unbelievable, Chris. Yeah, that is that's an that's an awesome story. Yeah, not a ton of action here from Frazier and Warsham. A lot of feeling out. Yeah, a lot of Dick Ridge talk. <laughs> a lot of Dick Ridge talk. Not enough in there's, my mind, but there's some, takedown. There's, there's a takedown. Head, we got some headbutts going on too. Ah, uh, there's there's a fight coming up that features some excellent headbutts uh, in a couple UFCs. I was peeking ahead at uh, at some of the cards, trying to map out podcast plans based on different tournaments. Because we get into a weird era where there's two separate four man tournaments each night. Interesting. Sort of a sort of a a trying to to uh, quell some of the human cockfighting and fatigue situations and injury situations mm-hmm. that we run in that we were running into in the these early tournaments. Yeah, looking at, we've got a couple of minutes left in this one. Looking ahead to next week, UFC 10, the tournament 
the tournament from July 12, 1996, the UFC returns to its roots with another tournament-style event that features the first appearance of Hall of Famer Mark Coleman and the legendary Bruce Buffer, which seems wrong <laughs> to me because wasn't Bruce Buffer in a bunch of these already? It was Michael Buffer. Oh, Bruce Buffer. Okay, so we see Bruce Buffer, who is still the UFC uh, ring guy, right? Yeah, still to this day. His first event was UFC 10. And uh, we, we see the debut. Bruce Buffer. Exciting. Yeah. And we, we eventually, we're, we're, we're eking closer and closer to the debut of uh, both Mike Goldberg and, and Joe Rogan. Uh, as commentators. Oh, I want to go. I want to see Goldberg fight. I don't want to see him be a commentator. That's not. <laughs> That's exciting. Bill Goldberg, Chris. Oh right, right. That's hundred percent true. Hundred <laughs> percent true. Excellent points. Shows this just illustrates that I am not playing a character. I know absolutely nothing about this. You're a novice, sir. That is uh, an understatement. <laughs> but uh, back to the fight at hand. Cal Warsham, Zane what? Frazier. Warsham has the upper hand on Frazier on top and landing a couple of blows to the head. There's a headbutt. We, we are seeing a ton, a ton of, of half guard tonight. Like, this is like the fourth fight I can remember. Oh, there's a tap. Zane Frazier wanted nothing to do with Cal Warsham. Not really sure. I mean, I understand you're happy that you won, but you really didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, well... Good for Cal Warsham. He had this fun moment in his life some 21 years ago. and Understandable. Uh, and he's dead now. I don't think so. But Maybe. Uh, I don't know, Chris. I feel like that's a big assumption. I'm just guessing. Uh, so he's 53 years old and does not appear to be dead. <laughs> Most certainly not dead. So here's no surprise here. I can definitely see this. Cal Warsham is a retired American mixed martial arts fighter and former corrections officer. Ah, uh, the haircut gave that away. Yeah, I could, I can totally see him as a prison guard. Yeah, not, not that. That's like the least shocking news of the day. Yeah, seriously. I, these guys are. First of all, everyone's hype. So good for him. Very excited. Good for them. Uh, it was good to see Uncle Phil make an appearance at the UFC. It just shows that the widespread popularity of the sport is sort of beginning to branch out and it's become, starting to become more mainstream. Uh, oh, we, we should mention that uh, we are skipping the 30-plus minute super fight decision of Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn. That, yes. I mean, it's just, look. If you're listening to the show every week, you can just assume that we are going to skip the super fights most times because of a because of time issues. And this particular super fight lasts. I mean, it's listed as 41 minutes on the card. So yeah, it's that, a lot. That's too many minutes, Greg. It's 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 that would be over half the podcast, Chris. Cal Warsham. Let's see how active Cal Warsham is on Twitter. Can I get him to be on the show? Oh God, he's retreating. He's. I look. I like Michael Moore. But I'm not trying to deal with anybody who uh, is retweeting Michael Moore. Also, a little young. If he's 53 years old, Cal Warsham, at Cal Warsham on Twitter, Christian, patriotic Marine, husband, father, grandfather. A little surprising for a 53-year-old. That's not too bad. Depends on when he had his first kid. If he had his first kid at 20-plus, this kid would be in his 30s now. So he's got, he's got great-grandfather potential. Yeah. Interesting. Always good to have that. Uh, yeah, I, I never experienced it, but I, I could only imagine. <laughs> Warsham is uh, Warsham is fairly active on Twitter, but 
don't follow him because he just retweets a bunch of crap. <laughs> oh, man. The last thing I expected was to be looking at Cal Warsham's Twitter. Again. I mean, obviously, I start my day every day by checking in on what Cal Warsham retweeted on Twitter. <laughs> and why wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah, a lot of uh, – he's still very proud of his fighting days. Connect with Cal Warsham on Celeb LinkedIn. VM. I don't know what Celeb VM is. I think it's a voicemail service where you can pay oh, D, to Z-less, D to Z-less celebrities to make personalized messages for you. Get a personal video message from Cal Warsham. How many of those do you think he sold? Legitimately. Uh, that's a good question. He has three different... Three different... Uh, Templates? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess he sold... All right, so UFC fans are weird, but this was a long time ago. Younger people have the disposable money at this point. I'm going to say he sold 38 of them. Under. I'm going way under. I wish there was a way to find this out. We can ask him, but I feel like it's going to be a LeVar Ball-esque situation where we're not going to get an accurate number of how many... <laughs> is, he gonna is he going to tell me to stay in my lane? Can we talk about the fact that that was one of the craziest things that he said so far, and it got almost no play because everything else he says is ridiculous? Yeah, it that's a that whole interview was weird. Levar Ball, I'm done with. I've had enough. I don't I don't need him in my life anymore. Also, I was watching the uh, I was watching the the recent game where their uh, big ballers team lo lost by 52 points to the California Magic in an AAU game. And LeVar Ball looks like that insufferable coach that every one of us had at some point during our life. Oh, yeah. He looks he looks like he is a terrible coach and that he really has no idea what, what he's talking about when he's out there and just kind of motivate, tries to motivate you based on calling you – like telling you you're not a big baller. Yeah. Can I – one last thing I'm going to say before we, before we go. And I do mean this seriously. For, the, for all the problems that I have – with LeVar Ball, and I have many. Uh, let's let's give LaMelo Ball a little bit of a break right now. The kid's 16 years old. I think uh, getting a little bit more crap than he deserves from all, uh, 1, of, all, all of America. And, you know, this is, a, this is a family that is made to be unlikable by their father, but let's not pick on a, a high school freshman just yet. Let's let him turn into a college freshman, then we can pick on him. Yeah, that's it's, – it's, it's... – you 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 almost feel bad for Lamelo because he doesn't. He, I mean, he gets all of the focus, yeah. even despite being the youngest of the three. Like nobody even talks about Leangelo. He no, doesn't even he, get brought up. No, he's an afterthought because he's gonna yeah. be. You know, he's gonna be like an eighth man for UCLA next year. Yeah, I mean, he he's a total afterthought, and and the fact that he was getting that Lamelo was getting roasted by people on social media. Yeah. Based on a poor game, I mean, give that a break. It's it's not it's not fair. It's not fair just because his dad's a loudmouth to to go out and criticize like that. Yeah, let's all be better than that, and uh, that can be our parting shot for UFC commentaries podcast UFC nine. Let's be bigger people than picking on sixteen year olds. And by the way, perfect timing for that because last week's show had to be stopped quickly because of a massive allergy attack from one Greg Crump. Absolutely. All right, so that's UFC Commentaries, UFC 9. I'm Chris Horbidell. He's Greg Crone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week with UFC 10.